you will have to excuse me. I think I can take this off up here, right? You're more than six feet away. <laughs> um, this has been a morning of technical difficulties for me and apparently for you too a little bit. <clears throat> I could not print my sermon this morning to save my life. As a consequence, I sent it to myself in my phone. I've never done this. I see young people do it all the time. If I get stuck, Matt, I'll call you. <laughs> so please, please bear with me as I try to read from this little tiny screen. <clears throat> I do have a Bible, though, that has the scripture in print, so I can, I can fall back on that. Our lesson for this morning is from the fourth chapter of Ephesians, verses 1 through 16. Listen for the word of God. I, therefore, a prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain <clears throat> the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, who is above all and through all and in all. But each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it is said, when he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to his people. When it says he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the same one who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fulfill all things. The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness in deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. May God bless to our modern understandings this reading from the Holy Word. Some of you will remember that I, my, the first sermon I preached here eight years ago or so was on dreams and dreaming. And I am a member of the International Association for the Study of Dreams. This is a bag from one of our conferences. I carry this bag everywhere I go. Over the last year, the International Association for the Study of Dreams has developed its own principles of community because, as it turned out, we needed them. 
We're a gathering of people just like any other gathering of people, and we're all different. We come at things from a different perspective. And so that group has worked and struggled to provide those principles of community. The IASD, the International Association for the Study of Dreams, is about 35, 40 years old. Pretty young, huh, compared to the Christian church? Even compared to PPC. When were you founded? 1912, whoo, <laughs> much older than IASD. The IASD's principles of community were in response, in response to the Me Too movement <clears throat> and the killing of George Floyd. The um, principles of community, the idea, is behind many, many movements. In fact, if I remember right, there's some American document that says something to the effect that to seek a more perfect union, that is, we want a community that is better, more perfect, not, I don't know how you'd be more perfect or less perfect, but that's our language. Presbyterians have our own principles of community. Ours are found officially in our Constitution, the, the Book of Confessions and the Book of Order. Now, I grew up underneath the Confession of 1967. One of the writers of that confession was the pastor of my home church over in Palos Verdes. Without knowing it before it was ever printed, I was hearing the thinking behind Confession of 67 for years. The Confession of 67, perhaps above all other documents, is the one that kept me in the church. Its principles of biblical understanding were the main reason. But the Confession of 67, finalized 54 years ago, lifted up four areas of concern that need to be addressed by the Presbyterian Church. Racism, poverty, sexuality, and war and peace. Now, I can look out here and see that a number of you were adults in 1967 or approaching that. 54 years. We said it then, and alas, we have to say it again. 54 years seems like a long time to me, but in the stretch of things, apparently not, because there's still the need to address these concerns in our world. And the Presbyterian Church is doing it. All of our statements, the Book of Confessions, the Book of Order, are strongly based in Scripture, and Scripture is quoted throughout. The Bible is the main foundation of everything Presbyterians do, and other stuff is built on top of that. Paul is giving us principles of community here today. And this is one of several places in the Bible that you can find descriptions of community. What does it mean to be a community that follows Jesus Christ? That's for us. What does it mean to be a community called by God through the Ten Commandments of Moses? Principles of community for Jews. Paul, remember, is going around starting churches. He's, he's bringing the good news of Jesus 
to people in all different situations. And as they gather together, they need to come up with principles of community. What does it mean if we all believe in Jesus? How do we get along together? You may remember some of the issues in uh, Corinthian correspondence where the poor people are left and the rich people are enjoying a rich, literally rich communion service and a big meal. There was sexual confusion and um, polygamy and some other issues that Paul is addressing in his principles of community. So here today, we, we hear what Paul says to the Ephesians. And I want to read to you. Uh, I have the Harper Collins Study Bible. And this is their introduction to the letter to the Ephesians. The readers, that is, the Ephesians themselves, are experiencing a radical transformation of their personal and social identity. They are being re-socialized into God's purposes and family. Now, that's a Bible scholar's or a group of Bible scholars' interpretation of what Ephesians is all about. But it fits well with our passage today. And so I'd like to go through uh, the principles of community that are listed in our scripture today. <clears throat> I'm going to do it briefly, I hope. Verses 2 and 3 talk about... Um, and how to go about this, and we'll come back to that in a minute. Verses 4 and 5, for there is one body, one spirit, one hope, etc., etc. That's a part of our communion liturgy, at least some of the communion liturgies we have. Repeat those very same words. When we get to verses 7 and following, we get kind of a weird few sentences that in my Bible are put in paragraphs. It's the story of Jesus ascended is the one who descended. Now, did he descend from heaven to earth? That's the doctrine of the incarnation. But what others have taken this to see is the harrowing of hell. Jesus descended into the underworld. And the reason he had to do that was because if Jesus provides salvation, what happens to all those who died before Jesus came along? This is the way the scripture understands that. Jesus went down and gave them the opportunity. And then it was up to them. We can get real weird about that. And if any of you have Mormon friends, you'll know just how weird things can be when we begin to talk about other, other levels of being beyond the human, beyond the one that God sent Jesus into very specifically. In verses 11 and 12, we hear about the way in which um, Paul suggests the community organize itself. The gifts were that some would be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. I was a little discouraged this morning to see that there was no preacher in there. That's all I am anymore. <laughs> I retired from being a pastor and all those other job descriptions. But I think I'll come in under the side wings of the tent. 
verses 14 through 16, affirm the challenges that are present and restates, I'll tell you, this cell phone business is not for me. These verses restate the, the purpose. And remember the purpose in the beginning. Beg you to live a life worthy of your calling with humility, gentleness, patience, etc. And here it says, but speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together, etc., etc. The purpose of our being together is to grow into Christ. And we see that in two dimensions, the, the individual dimension that I myself am to try to be more faithful to Christ. And the corporate dimension, we together as a body of Christ are to be more faithful to Christ. Now I want to go back to um, the, the opening verses because I think they are in part, uh, a key, and I think that's why Paul says it first here and then builds on top of them. <clears throat> the little list of, with all humility and gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love, making ever, every effort to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Well, just in my Bible, a page before that is a, another list that Paul put together for the Galatians, the fruits of the spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity. You may even know the list by heart. These are the qualities that must be present in principles of community. If the people in the community cannot live by these qualities, there will not be a community. Or it will be a community enforced by some and endured by others. My apologies. <laughs> the baptismal liturgy part here emphasizes so strongly the idea of unity that it's really hard to miss. The word unity, or one, is used seven times in a verse or two. In case you missed it the first or second, or fifth or sixth time, seven times. <clears throat> the section of uh, Ephesians where Paul talks about the officers of the church, you just had a demonstration of how that works in our church. You elect these people to represent you and to do the business. And if you weren't aware of it, remember that that's the same principle that the United States government works on, and it was strongly influenced by Presbyterians at the time. We elect people to do certain functions, and then hopefully we listen to them and we follow along.
principles of community. What and who is the community? I mentioned a few months ago that my connection to PPC goes back, way back, some 30 years or so, to the homework house program that you had here. Do you still have it? No, okay. You had it at one point, and the guy that founded it made a presentation at Presbytery. We sent people from Whittier Presbyterian over here. We set up our own homework house and ran it for 17 years. Wonderful ministry. Wonderful way to serve the community around us. And yet, even at the time, we had people on our session who would refer to those people to whom we're reaching out. Those people to whom we want to minister. Those people we want to serve. And that always grated on me a little bit because it wasn't those people, it was our community that we were serving and that we were working in and with. And the less we can put divisions between ourselves and each other, the better off we will be. Tell you, you touch this screen wrong and it goes. <laughs> One of the difficult issues for Christians and for human beings is the issue of love. What does it mean to love? Does it mean to be nice to each other? To be kind? Certainly, those are called for. But in the Christian faith, love is a matter of will, not just good feelings. When I am called to love my neighbor, that doesn't mean only when my neighbor is being nice to me or when I feel good. It means setting my intention that anything in my relationship with my neighbor is going to be based on love, based on his or her benefit. Christian love is very specific and very intentional and not natural. Natural love responds to what likes it, what treats it well. Christian love turns the other cheek. And if you think it is natural to turn the other cheek, look again, feel again. The next time somebody insults you, what's your tendency? naturally hit them back say something sharp Jesus says turn the other cheek go the extra mile love those who persecute you that's the kind of principle of community that is really difficult the dream association has no scriptural basis the way churches do, the way Christians do. But I believe very strongly that the Dream Association and almost any modern civilized association, particularly in Western culture, is going to have biblical principles shot throughout it. Because the Bible has been our major text for 2,000 years and has shaped the way people respond to each other, the way governments are set up, 
And we would do well to remember our biblical bases in everything that we do in our principles <clears throat> of community. The human community, the world community of planet Earth, is in desperate need of community. Desperate need of ways in which human beings can get along, can not ignore their differences, but find the ways in which the differences might add to the community, not detract from it. All communities have principles of community of some sort now. It's just a part of the way we function as a society. We Christians have much precedent in our principles of community, starting here. And then for Presbyterians, we have our book of confessions and book of order. Paul calls us to unity, to community, being one together. And Paul today here offers us one example of principles of community. You can find more throughout the epistles, throughout the Old Testament, through the law. Goodness gracious, the law, reading the law in the Old Testament can be really boring. But the fine points of its desires for community where there is justice for all is amazing, just amazing. What are our principles of community? They start here. They go through the Book of Confessions. And you all had one example temporarily for right here and right now. These are the principles of community of Placentia Prez. May God bless you as you continue to struggle to live up to all of the principles of community, starting with this, going right straight through your session statement. May God bless you in that. <clears throat> now let's move to communion, and I do not need my cell phone. Um, I watched the video of how Sandra did this, but pardon me while I just take a moment to check it all out. All right, I think this will be...